Welcome to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. Each week, we hear real-time stories from athletes and CEOs on how to maximize performance through an endurance mindset. Let's get started. Welcome to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. Today's guest is passionate about finding ways to win, accomplishing challenging goals, and serving as a great role model. He's completed five ultra marathons, including a 100-mile race and has qualified for the Boston Marathon. He's become an expert at building systems and has an incredible mindset for accomplishing goals. He's earned many recognitions like the Charleston 40 Under 40 and the Charleston Best and Brightest Under 35. Podcast host of Win Today, senior manager at Boeing, founder of One Day, co-founder of Champions Tribe, Ryan Cass. Welcome to the show. Man, thanks, Greg. You're making me sound way cooler than I actually am, but appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, we like to focus on endurance uh, and in particular, the endurance mindset. So my favorite question to ask, Ryan, tell me about how your endurance mindset has impacted your life unexpectedly. Yeah, I thought long and hard about this one. And what it kept bringing me back to, Greg, is ultimately what this mindset has allowed me to do is shift the narrative for my family. And growing up and really the the reason why I do what I do is because uh, life in my early years looked a lot different than life today and the things that you just shared about me. Uh, none of that would have been possible if it wasn't for what day-to-day -day life looked like, which was growing up in a household that just had a systemic trend of, of alcoholism and adversity. And what that did for me was it forced me, it, it showed me to explore different avenues and ways to live life and uh, not fall victim to the circumstance, but rather respond in a manner that allows you to create this ideal life that, that we envision. So uh, what that did is it made me discover uh, endurance sports. I got into wrestling primarily as an outlet to just keep my mind off of what was going on at home. And that then led me into running, which ultimately for me serves as meditation and now mm. a way to continue competing in life. But as I was running, I found that I could tune out the outside world and not really think about what was going on at home. And then from there, I just started exploring, well, what else can it do for me? You know, how can I use this as a way to uh, shift what's going on in my family? It, it started changing my mindset, showing me that really anything is possible. And now what it's done is it's actually allowed me to be the person that is slowly bringing the family back together. I'm the one that gets to help my parents out and ultimately kind of coach my dad now versus uh, be the one that, you know, just watched him struggle through a lot of things. And the second thing that it really has done for me, Greg, is allowed me to adopt a not if, but when mentality. You know, when you're intentional about pursuing these uh, endurance feats and uh, the challenging races, even you getting ready for your 140.6 next week, what that shows you is really what you're ultimately uh, what's ultimately possible when you push past the voices and the circumstances and um, anything for me that, you know, is written down on that whiteboard behind me 
with goal setting and systems. That's my big thing. I don't look at that board and wonder if those things are going to happen. It's it's simply a matter of when, and that's because of the endurance mindset and being intentional about about these things. That's awesome. Um, we've got a lot to dig into. This is great. Um, Ryan, you mentioned exploring different ways to live life. Um, can you walk us through some of those examples of some of the things that you've tried that have been successful, some of the things that you've tried that haven't been successful? Like, Talk us through your process of, of trying new things. Yeah. Well, where, where it started for me was as I was getting into my adult years and getting ready to go to college. Now, the one thing that I had on my mind, Greg, was how do I make sure that I don't carry on this trend that I'm seeing at home? Because it's just been passed down from family line to family line. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I've made this promise to myself from a young age that I'm not going to be the next one. I'm going to be the first one to break it. Now, how the heck do I do that? Mm. And, you know, I started researching people that we all have likely heard of or admire in some way, shape or form. People like Tony Robbins and Richard Branson and Warren Buffett, Ed Milet and Michael Jordan. And I started looking at, well, what's the secret sauce? Like, what do these people do that's so different from everybody else? And it's not that they do anything super complex, but they execute on the small, simple things regularly. And the common thread that I found amongst these people is that they all write their goals down and they attribute a vast majority of their success to simply writing something down and then being intentional about it, building a system around it. So when I was 18 years old, I went and spent five bucks, but this notebook and started writing goals down for the first time. And uh, that was totally new for me. And what, what that did is it completely shifted my way of being. I started studying for things in advance. I started just being more serious about my development and uh, seeing what that life was like doing things uh, two weeks before they were due versus two hours and uh, really testing out that lifestyle and it felt weird at first and, and, um, but getting, I'm, I'll never forget when I actually crossed off like the first big goal, I just got hooked to that process and, uh, really have chosen to live my life in a very structured way from that point forward. So the last 13 years is really just been a matter of, uh, living a very structured, systematic lifestyle that you know, I tweak things here and there. I test things out. I'm really interested in in biohacking and, you know, what are ways that we can optimize performance. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a whole, we can go down a whole uh, discussion on that. But uh, that's ultimately how I've, you know, explored a different lifestyle and uh, made it work. So let's go back to being 18 and you grab, you spent $5 on that notebook and you, now you're starting to write down your goals and and that has obviously followed forward. But talk to us about the friends and family that you had around you and their reaction to you at 18, sort of really changing the direction of your life intentionally. When I told my family and friends that I was going to a military college, I went to the Citadel here in Charleston, South Carolina. There was a lot of head scratching. And there was a lot of, you know, people that thought it was a joke, even my parents included. They're like, you can't even keep your room clean. Why are you going to go to a 
military school. And even through my, I'd say, early 20s, um, as I continued to be intentional about you know, that, that lifestyle and that structure, a lot of folks still kind of thought back to earlier Ryan where not that I was ever a, a bad kid. I just wasn't structured or disciplined, didn't keep things clean, didn't really care for much outside of wrestling. And some of my business classes, uh, people kind of knew me as just the, the jokester, class clown. And, you know, when I'd tell them I'm staying in to, uh, to, to read a book on, on a Friday night versus go out and party, a lot of people are like, you're a, you're a loser. What's wrong with you? And, and what that's done, staying committed to the, to the lifestyle, Greg, and, and not, um, I'd say, falling victim to the societal pressures that, that we have today, it's, it's brought the right people in and it's given the it's given others a, a seat at a different table. You know, ultimately, I want everyone in this world to eat. I just don't want everyone to sit at my table. And I'm very particular about who gets to sit at the table now. So let's assume we've got an audience member who's on that decision path, right? They're struggling with the pressures of society. They're going down a road in which they don't love, but they just feel this is what they have to do because their buddies are doing it help that person kind of break through and make a difference? Like, what would you say to them? I would encourage that person to really reflect and, and ask themselves in that moment. Just take, take a moment to, to step back from the situation. I think that's one thing that we all should do, regardless of if we're being pressured or if, we even wanna, if we're even about to do something we want to do. What is this thing or what is doing this thing going to give me right now? What benefit do I have by going out with you guys right now? Because the outcome is likely going to be, it's going to be a, a 3 a.m. night and likely some drinking involved and feeling like crap the next day. And is that moving me closer to the goals that I've written down? Yes or no? You know, if yes, which I hardly believe could be the case, go for it. If not, it's easier to to make the, or rather choose the hard right over the easy wrong. And a few things are going to happen. One, if, you know, these folks that you call friends um, don't understand that or continue to pressure you, you may want to reevaluate if they're truly your friends or not. Because if they're truly your friends, they're they're going to support you on the journey. And if you stay consistent with it, uh, these are folks that likely are going to hop on the train with you. It's just a matter of you continuing to show up in the same manner. That's what I would, that's how I would encourage that person. That's powerful. Ryan, shifting gears slightly, um, and I'm going to make an assumption here, and hopefully it's true. I suspect you have daily routines, daily, weekly, monthly. Talk to us, if you do, talk to us about that. If you don't, I'll ask you a different question. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I think ultimately, I talk a lot about goal setting and goals at the end of the day, like what you see written down behind me on that whiteboard, those are just desired outcomes. But what really allows you to accomplish a goal is building a system around it. And I love a quote from James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, one of my favorite books of all time that really teaches you how to build systems that enable you to accomplish your goals. It says, we don't rise to the level of our goals we only fall to the, we fall to the level of our systems. 
So ultimately, that's what it boils down to. And uh, for me, you know, a, a typical day starts pretty early in the morning, uh, anywhere from four to five thirty, and I prioritize movement, whether that's going for a run or going to lift weights, going to stretch, doing something that that gets blood flowing. I prefer to to get up and go for a run. That's just the the best thing. And then from there, um, I always come back. And before I leave the house, there's always two things that that I do. Uh, one of them is I always write down, like, what do I want to accomplish that day? So there's no guesswork. And this is usually something that I'm thinking about the night before. And then the next thing I do is I read at least a page from a book. If if not, then I feel like I'm walking out of the house naked. Um Reading was something that I've always, or I started to enjoy in college, but I found that I wasn't very uh, consistent with it. I wasn't very diligent. I was accomplishing all these goals, yet reading, say, one book a month continued to uh, be be a struggle. And it was because I didn't have a system built around it. Um, the easiest way to form a new habit is to stack it on top of an existing habit. So for me, like writing down what I'm going to do that day is it just comes like clockwork to me because it's been done so many times. So by putting a book right next to it, or in this case, over in in the living room, uh, what it does in my brain after I'm writing something down, it my brain is telling me, hey, go go read something real quick or go listen to something on Audible. And so I think that's why systems are so powerful because you really get to wire in your brain what's the next thing you're going to do. Just like if when you get out of the shower, your body, your mind is telling you, go grab a towel, it's time to dry off. You can do the same thing with any habit that you want to create. Just by associating it or, or grouping it with another habit that you're already going to yeah, do. Yeah, so it's called... Example, yep. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say it's called habit stacking. So easiest thing you can do is for something that you already have on autopilot. Let's just say it's after I make my coffee, if you're somebody that makes coffee every morning, no matter what. And let's say you want to read. You literally write down on a piece of paper, after I make my coffee, existing habit, I will read for five minutes. And then you put your book next to the coffee machine because then when you grab your coffee cup and then you actually read for those five minutes and you do that so many times, then that activity just gets wired in your subconscious just as making a cup of coffee does. And so for you, when you talk about reading, are you picking up a chicken soup book, like kind of positivity and just pull into a page? Or are you actually into a book and going to the next page, like just continuing your path? Because I've, I've done both. I've done where it's like, let's just have chicken soup for the soul on my desk. And before I turn my computer on, I'm just going to pull up a random page, read for two minutes, reflect on it, and then move on. And I've also done the, hey, I want to get to the end of Atomic Habits. Let's just make that the book. I'm wondering if you had a preference between the two. I've done both and I, I still do both. Uh, sometimes, like recently, I've got this um, Tony Dungy devotional here that is pretty cool that, you know, it has the day by um, every day and then it's got just a little passage in there. And I love Tony Dungy, one of the greatest coaches of all time. And I also love what's on the title on the frame on the uh, cover here. It says dare to be uncommon every day. 
So uh, it's either that or if I have more time, then I will sit down and read something. Um, I'm often flipping through pages of books that my podcast guests have written. So that occupies a good bit of my time as well, uh, just so I'm informed on their work before I get to talk to them. Fair enough. Um, there's a great Tim Ferriss um, podcast with Clary, and they were talking about sports and endurance. And Clary's comment was like, look, if you can't do your hour workout, chop it down to 15 minutes, but don't skip it because you're going to end up breaking your habit. And it, it's it been really impactful for me in my training. And it's like, if I can just get out for a five minute run, it's better than missing the entire run. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's interesting, actually, um, my girlfriend and I just finished a challenge for the month of August. We ran a half marathon a day, every day, no matter what. And there were days where Definitely didn't want to get the miles in or, you know, your body's hurting, but you've made the commitment and it's been shared with somebody and you, you want to honor that commitment. And we were talking this morning, we only got a couple miles in, if it, which feels weird today, by the way, but about what separates good versus great. And the good person or good is often doing the same thing as great. But what separates great is that that great person or great leader, great athlete, whatever you want to choose, decides to show up every day, no matter what. And to your point, even though you may not get that hour in, you don't skip it and you do the next best thing and you don't give yourself an excuse to miss. And that's one of the, it's a simple yet powerful separator and it all comes down to the choice that we get to make on a daily basis that's well said um a little bit in, into last year i set a goal i was working with my coach and i said hey for 2023 i want to run 365 miles across the calendar year and she's like oh just do a mile a day and i was like yeah but i just like to group them all together and then she convinced me to do it a mile a day and i've been doing that ever since like december of last year and what's fascinating about it for me is now my kids are into it. So if like we come mm. home from dinner tonight and I haven't done my mile, my kids are going to say, get down on the treadmill and either walk it out or run it or just get it finished so that we can continue to check the box. And it's amazing all these other things that sort of come out of life, like when you have that routine. Um, anything in particular come off the page for you where like these routines and these habits that you have accomplished or fell in love with that you hadn't thought you would have an interest just because of um, maintaining your habits? Hmm. Rephrase that. Rephrase that. So I, so I'm, so I'm, yeah, I guess, I guess I'm curious. Like if some other aspect of life has revealed itself because you have these routines, these habits, you know, like you've, fallen in love with playing guitar or you wanted to learn something new because you're hitting this habit every day. Um, just curious if anything has sort of bubbled up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I appreciate the the clarification there. So a few things. Um, I've really come to enjoy journaling. That's something that I didn't really enjoy much before, but, and what, what this whole routines and 
lifestyle has led to is just also continuing to explore and discover like who else is really good at this who else is who's leading the pack and why and what makes them different and so you know it leads you to find people like Ed Milet and Andrew Huberman Tim Ferriss who you mentioned and then you get to study them and what what makes them who they are and another thing I mentioned biohacking before I've come to love cold plunges and cold showers and something that, you know, you say that and people are like, what the hell? Why? Why would you do that? And I've found that it there's a, a good link between doing things like that and peak performance. Mm. So, but before, if you would have said like, hey, you should go do a cold plunge, but you're crazy, dude. So in that sense, I would say uh, continued writing and and biohacking and just testing out like again what makes the best who they are and let's give it a shot and see what it does for me why not me sure so i have to ask what's your favorite biohack i love the cold plunge man i love it um or or cold showers you know if there's not always access to the cold the cold plunge but it's something that and going back to that endurance mindset, what really, what is something that in my view defines that endurance mindset is just that you're relentless at mm-hmm. the end of the day and not just physically. Now the cold shower, yeah, you know, it's, it has a physical impact, but it's one of the easiest ways to start your day with a challenge, even if it's 30 seconds. And that challenge or rather that whole day can go to hell but you can look back on that day and be like you know what i still did something to challenge myself today and become more resilient become more relentless and what it's doing is it's preparing you for the future battles that life will bring you life will always bring us these battles and i believe choosing to uh, take some on yourself and create them create these battles uh, just it it ultimately uh, sets you up for uh, the most success possible. Yeah, embrace the discomfort, right? Yeah. So, Ryan, let's shift gears a little bit. Um, you've talked about yourself somewhat, but I'd love to hear more about, um, you know, from childbirth almost to now. Like, what have you? You said you had a wrestling career. You went and got into some running. Give us some other insights to who you are. Oh man. Well, you know, ultimately who I am, what makes me who I am, Greg, it, it's not so much of the the things you'll you'll read about me. Uh, ultimately, you know, what what defines me is that I'm here to help people build systems that enable them to accomplish their goals and and break systemic trends of adversity and ultimately get out of their way. I believe that the best accomplishment is is never going to be something that you read about me on my bio. The best accomplishment in my book is the impact that's made in another person's life. And the the awards, there's only one that's hanging up on the wall and it's not even in a visible space when you when you walk in here. I can see it the the 40 under 40. Um I don't have that displayed front and center for everyone to see because it's not it's not something that defines me so uh, but 
you know, what I would, what I would say, the other things that I'm really involved in, um, are I'm heavily invested in the community and serving our youth. And I would say that the best thing that I do is I serve as a big brother in our big brothers, big sisters organization. I've been a part of that for the last five years, both as a, as a big brother and a board member. And I love it because, you know, over the last few years, I've had the opportunity to work with a few youngsters that come from broken households. And one thing I have a huge problem with is that the stats that show if you come from a broken household or a household that's been faced with adversity, that you are more likely to become that person. You're less likely to succeed. And to me, I view those things as qualifiers. Because I've gone through the things I went through as a youngster and seeing the the home uh, life that I did with the alcoholism and the the late nights and the police showing up from time to time, you know that that's what qualifies me to to be here and have this discussion with you right now. It's what qualifies me to to sit down with some of the most inspiring people in the world and and share them with with whoever decides to tune into the podcast. And if I can get at least one youth to to look at life that way versus falling victim to the circumstance and and then being that same person that they saw growing up and carrying on that trend uh that's a win because i believe that these youngsters will eventually do the same to help at least one more person and i believe how we change this world and make this world a better place is is help one person you see it on that banner right behind me because you'll never, we'll never know the the real impact of all of our efforts. So that's that's me. That's fantastic. Um, for those in the audience that don't know what Big Brother Big Sisters, can you explain what that organization is or what it does? Yeah, Big Brothers Big Sisters is a national nonprofit, and they're located in all fifty states, and I believe some some international touch points. And ultimately, how I describe it is you take in a youngster that is likely coming from a broken household and you incorporate them into your normal life. And an ordinary experience for us, whether it's, you know, you and I can go run any day of the week or you and I can go to the grocery store or to get on an airplane and travel somewhere for a weekend and not think a thing of it or get on the golf course, not think a thing of it. And we have kids right here in our backyards that have never done those things. And when you incorporate them into your normal life, you know, again, that normal experience, that ordinary experiences can be extraordinary for them. So that's ultimately what the organization is about. You take a kid in as your own, uh, Josiah, I call him family. And sometimes it's as simple as just picking him up when I go shopping and teach him a lesson or two. Sometimes we, we do some cool activities and I'm teaching him about goal setting and he's reading a book a month and it's, it's awesome, man. And it's also a mutual, mutually beneficial experience. You know, you can learn a lot from these kids just by being with them and seeing how they live their lives and how they think their situations and uh, so on and so forth. There's so many amazing things that that come from this. That's fantastic. Um, how did you discover Big Brothers, Big Sisters? You said five years ago, you, 
you got involved. Um, how'd you end up? I wrote down, that? yeah, I wrote down a goal to volunteer, to start volunteering when I moved back to Charleston and writing that down, looking at it every day, it forces you to, to again, think, think about that thing and mm-hmm. it puts it in your mind. And for me, I want to be able to help the younger version of myself. And I would have loved to have had a a big brother or somebody in that capacity when I was going through the things that, that I was going through in the household. So it really stems from a deep place of wanting to be there for uh, that person that I once was and show them that, hey, life is happening for you. It's not happening to you. And I think the earlier we can understand that, the better, you know, there's not, I wouldn't change a single thing about what happened in my youth years, but if I did have the opportunity to change one thing, it would be knowing that all of those things were really for me and not, not to me. That's very well said. Um, so you mentioned working with others with goal setting. Are you doing goal setting for workshops or groups or are these just part of the community? Yeah, so it's through a few different domains. One is through through One Day, which I started in 2019. And I work with some individual clients, um, ultimately working on rolling out an evergreen coaching group here soon this year so I can handle uh, group settings. And then I'll have a very limited one-on-one client basis. Uh, in addition to that, I do speaking opportunities at schools and organizations, and I do a lot. I get to do a lot of this in my corporate role too. I really make it a point to not just focus on the employee, but focus on the person first. So when you put people first and business second, the business part eventually handles itself. Because one thing I've found that makes people struggle professionally. It's not necessarily their professional abilities. It's things that are holding them back personally. So I handled that through my corporate role. And then we also launched a uh, membership community last year called Champion Tribe, where we have members from all over the U.S. that that are a part of it, that are committed to growing in our five key pillars of life. And I do a lot of teaching in that community as well. So uh, a lot of it through intentional teaching and a lot of it just by, you can teach without quote teaching. You can teach by your way of being and how you show up for people and how you show up for groups and and how you decide to, how you choose to live your, your life. You know, we ultimately like just walking around in our day-to-day lives are our teachers. And that's one thing I want people to understand is that teaching and leadership it they know no titles titles don't define your abilities and titles don't define leadership so we all have that ability to to teach and influence people regardless of roles and if we have a business or not that's inspiring for sure um t- tell us about your podcast um podcast uh win today it has been out for going on two and a half years now and really starting to 
to make some waves there. I uh, had the opportunity to interview some of the most heartwarming, disciplined, and inspiring people on the globe. Uh, we have episodes that come out every Monday on uh, episode 111 now, which will be coming out this Monday. And it's a joy, man. It's I love having the opportunity to connect with with people like you that want to help other people and people that have have done amazing things, people that have overcome unthinkable odds and converted pain into triumph, people that have launched amazing companies. Uh, had had the founder and CEO of Spartan, Joe DeSena, on there. I've had quite a few. Uh, New York Times, Wall Street Journal bestsellers, just people that, again, are are here on this world to to serve others. And ultimately, my goal with anyone that tunes in is that uh, it inspires people to to win today by connecting with amazing leaders and sharing amazing stories. That's awesome. Um, one last question. Are you training for anything today? Any ultra marathons on the horizon or? Uh, October 21st. Yeah, October 21st. Going to be launching another venture, uh, another goal for this year uh, called Breaking Ribbons. And if, you know, if you ever see a picture of me racing, especially over this past year, I have a singlet that says Breaking Ribbons on there. And there's three different cancer ribbons for people that have uh, lost their close in my life to various forms of cancer. And I figure, you know, hey, what's What's a way to run for something bigger than me? And what's a really good challenge? And let's fundraise around it. So on October 21st, going to run 100 miles on uh, the Ravenel Bridge here in Charleston, South Carolina, which it's two and a half miles each way. So five miles round trip. It's our only big hill here in Charleston. If you've been here, uh, it's got a good bit of gain. And I'm going to go back and forth 20 times and whatever uh, people contribute to that is going to go to families facing various forms of cancer so we can make their, their battle a little, little easier. That's awesome. Is there a, a website associated with the fundraising for audience members to click into? I haven't officially put it out there yet. My plan I marked on the calendar is to get it out there September 21st. So one month, uh, one month in advance, but uh, there'll definitely be information on my website and social media pages when we're, when we're ready to roll. Fantastic. Well, speaking of social media pages, what is your social media platform of choice or how can an audience member get in touch with you? I'm most active on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. It's my, definitely my favorite network. And that's Ryan Cass. Uh, Instagram, I post mainly post stories, but, um, I've got a lot of content in the background that I'll start releasing here soon. So it'll become more of a quote, look more of like a creator page, but you can find me at Ryan a Cass. And then the business page is one day W O N day today. Uh, because I believe that, you know, the reason why I named it that it's because we've all had that moment where we said, one day I'm going to run a marathon or one day I'm going to accomplish this big goal. And when that day comes, it's a win. So that's where win today and one day comes from. Uh, but those are the two. And then the win today podcast every Monday comes out 
not missing a beat there. And you get to hear from some pretty incredible people on that. That's awesome. So for those audience members who are daydreaming about their next goal, I asked you to hit pause and write it down because writing your goal down is going to dramatically change if you accomplish it or not. Wouldn't you agree with that, Ryan? Absolutely. Just by writing something down, you're 42% more likely to accomplish it. That, that studies show that. When you share it with a group of people, your odds increase to 70%. When you repeatedly share it with the same group of people, your odds of achieving it increase to 90%. So that's how you can hack life. It's as simple as understand what's important to you, write it down, share it with somebody, share it again and again and again. And it's never a matter of if, it's only a matter of when. You've said that a couple of times today. Ryan, it's been awesome having you on the show. I, I really enjoyed learning about your story, your childhood story, and how you took it upon yourself to break away, break that generational habit um, from occurring one more generation and, and your processes and systems and routines around your goal setting and, and the impact you're having with big brothers, big sisters is fantastic. You've been a great, great guest. And I encourage the audience members who get value out of this, please you know, like this episode, please share it with your friends and family and community. The way this message gets stretched is by us sharing it. So please connect with Ryan, connect with the show, share this on your social media so we can spread this message, please. Ryan, again, awesome to have you on the show. Good luck on the 21st. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. It was an honor and I love the work you're doing and keep up the great work and uh, folks keep, keep supporting chief endurance officer. This is, this is amazing. Thank you. Awesome, man. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to the chief endurance officer podcast. To hear more inspiring stories and strategies around the endurance mindset, be sure to subscribe below or visit us at chiefenduranceofficer.com. Until next time, keep pushing those limits.